0: Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out. Be heard. Influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader Podcast, brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out, be heard, and influence. My name is Anne-Marie Cross, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says, a happy, successful life Is based on a foundation of loving what you do and who you do it with. Joining me on today's show is Barry Demp. The 1992 Olympic Games inspired Barry to pursue coaching, coaching high integrity, motivated and open-minded professionals. Well, that is his passion. And over the past 27 years, Barry has worked with thousands of individuals and hundreds of organisations. Now, on today's show, Barry is going to share with us innovative and tried and true success best practices to help us operate in new ways to pursue and achieve our goals. He's also going to talk about how we can produce extraordinary results beyond what we think is predictable in both our personal and professional lives. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's a great pleasure to be with you.
0: I love that you've said in the introduction here, the 1992 Olympic Games inspired you to pursue coaching. What was it about them that inspired you?
1: So I've always had an interest in uh, you know, being one's best. And the Olympics is really just a terrific example of you know, individuals athletically being their very best. So one day I was just watching the normal games and they did a documentary on the Olympic Village. And they did, showed that there were 5,000 athletes, but there were also 2,000 coaches. And uh, you know, even though I don't have an, an advanced math degree, I could do the math and realize that every athlete who was pursuing a gold medal had a coach. And I thought, what a great idea if we could bring this idea of coaching to the business world and to our worlds in general so that we could have gold medal lives. So, when I looked around, there was nobody doing that. And I thought, well, somebody should do that. So, you've probably heard the phrase if you point your finger, three fingers are actually pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. So, it hit me like, wow, maybe I should do that. Yeah. So, uh, my company offered a buyout, you know, those times when they give you a week of pay for every year you have. And then they give you another week of pay if you promise never to sue them. So, I was in the uh, pharmaceutical industry at the time. And I thought that was a great thing. So I simply resigned when people said, what are you going to do? I said, I was going to be a business coach. And they said, well, what is that? So in the very beginning, I just proceeded to make it up. So I kind of thought I invented it. And today, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry with 60,000 coaches around the world.
0: Yeah, you are a pioneer. (laughs) <laughs> um, which is wonderful and I love that because we're now able to to step into kind of the things that you've learned. And one of the um, one of the things that I read just recently, if I can recall it correctly, is that hindsight will af- often provide us with the insight that provides us foresight moving forward. And as we know, on a global scale, we are now faced, many of us, with uh, challenges we've never yet uh, had to face before. But I'm sure that we can learn from, you know, previous situations and and I'm sure you're going to share today on how we can move forward forward. one thing I'd like to ask: What have you seen change over the years? Besides the fact that we now have a term "business coach," what things have you changed? Seen change over the last twenty-seven years when it comes to the coaching space?
1: I would say that uh, the whole idea of coaching athletically was always understood as a way of achieving excellence. And I think you know when we really look at our lives in general, all coaching is actually life coaching or personal coaching. It just so happens that at least half of it is our career or our business or, you know, our vocation. So the idea of wanting to be our very best in those areas, but also know that when we go home at the end of the day, we would like those achievement-oriented aspects to spill over. Mm-hmm. So as spouses, as parents, as uh, you know, siblings, as neighbors, as as members of our community. So this idea of what does it mean to have an extraordinary life in service of others, as well, as well as you know, simply enjoying you know this time that we're on this wonderful planet of ours. So I think this idea of being our best and seeing how coaching is a model to bring out our best and express our best and iterate much more quickly to achieve more uh, in a more meaningful way seems to have really resonated. In this day and age.
0: Which is I think is wonderful. And even um, hearing and, and watching some of the conversations with leaders in, in corporations and organizations. And and often we had heard in the past, your life stays home when you're at work, workers work when you're at life, but we bring life because we're human beings and every part of our life impacts our mindset and and you know how we show up. So I'm glad we're starting to have more of those conversations in business um, and corporate too. Let's talk about some of the innovative and tried and true success best practices to help us operate in new ways to be able to pursue pursue our, and achieve our goals. What are some of these innovative ways?
1: Well, you know, I, I actually sent you a list of 24. So if you don't mind me putting it a little bit back on you, wow. what I typically do with uh, this uh, presentation or this program or this topic is as you know, it's always about the audience. You know, what are they interested? You know, what resonates with them? Mm -hmm. Uh, What uh, pulls or tugs at their heartstrings or whatever it is. So obviously I have lots of favorites of my own. And at the same time, let's say you are my audience of one that's streaming to an audience of others. So uh, if you would go through a couple of your own favorites, I can kind of chime in and give my perspective Mm -hmm. on where and how that might you know support you as my audience of one.
0: Yeah, I love that. One thing that I often will do, let me just go through that list because uh, and and find some out, the ones that I would love to discuss further with you. One of the things that I love to do also too is maybe highlight what are some of the things that you see people doing that will stop them? Because sometimes, you know, the, the gaps, sometimes the mistakes or the misunderstandings, the misperceptions can often stop. So what would you say are the biggest maybe one or two things that are stopping people when it comes? comes to, you know, kind of having dreams and goals and not really ever achieving them. Are there some things that come to
1: mind for you? Uh, You know, one of the big aspects of coaching is simply to dramatically improve somebody's Mm self-awareness. So you've heard the phrase, wherever you go, there you are. And there you are with your inner voice. And your inner voice is always chattering and speaking to you. So the voice says, uh, you're no good, or you're not good enough. Or that'll never work, and things of that sort. Sometimes those uh, those phrases are called you know gremlins, or uh, that negative inner voice, or whatever it is. And many times we just simply listen to that for various reasons, uh, whether that be fear or uh, being embarrassed, or whatever it would be. So, so shifting one's mindset in terms of noticing that inner voice, you know, thank it for sharing, and then do what we're committed to doing. So by now tapping into our commitments our values our beliefs you know really our top priorities mm. we can find the courage within ourselves to supersede that comfort zone and that inner voice that says you know you, know, you should play s- smaller you should keep your head down and keep it out of the way so uh, you aren't judged by anybody so to speak so this oh. idea of we have this one life let's live it boldly let's live it courageously let's swing a little bit for the fences as we would say in baseball season And to some degree, you know, leaving my corporate job for 12 and a half years and becoming a coach at the age of 35 years old with two children and a house and a mortgage payment. Uh, that was me going for it, so to speak, and saying, you know, this is going to turn out because I'm not going to stop.
0: Love that, love that. One of the things that I'm just going through the incredible resources that uh, you shared through, and and why I want to give you an opportunity to speak a little bit more to this is that when back in the day, when my career started as a career coach, and one of the things that would often um, be in a conversation, a typical conversation, was Anne Marie, I don't know what what's different, I don't know what's changed, but a job that I was really feeling fulfilled and motivated in no longer excites me. I don't know what's changed. And it was that the the values of the corporation or things had changed, the workplace, the environment had changed and did not anymore align with the core values of the individual. We don't hear a lot around core values. People don't really know what are my top core values. Can you Let's talk a little bit about that because I'm sure that that is going to be one of the best practices is to understand and recognize what are my core values and is this Experience is this, you know, opportunity going to align with that? And if there is, then obviously, um, you know, people can feel more motivated and fulfilled. Can you talk a little bit about core values?
1: When I was uh, uh, early in my career, when you talked about a vision statement or a mission statement or core values, it was very, very common for executives and leaders to really put that down and kind of poo poo it. If you have heard of Jim Collins, Jim Collins actually debunked that in his uh, pioneering book before Good to Great. And that book was called Built to Last. And what he did was tremendous amounts of research on a number of companies and found around 13 or so companies that outperformed other companies by a factor of 14 fold based upon stock price. And that got people's attention. So this idea was what made those companies special? And what he found was that those companies had cultures based upon unified, shared, committed values. So when we can extrapolate that idea that's suddenly now relevant to the individual, connecting the who I am, my vision, my values, my commitments, my priorities, my principles, and how do I express them in my day-to-day activities, especially through my work. So that connection between who I am and what I do is a tremendous tremendous source of fulfillment satisfaction and achievement so uh a uh, a more pioneering uh, day-to-day kind of uh uh, social scientist uh, daniel pink in his book drive points to just the importance of purpose based upon values as critical for an individual and an organization to be driven,
0: brilliant, brilliant. What would be? Let me just get me back on screen here because I'm going through all these resources. They're brilliant, and we're going to talk about those in a moment. What would be and um, one of the first things for people to start getting clear on some of their top core values. The reason I ask that is because often, we, you know, there are a certain things that resonates with us. For instance, you know, some of my top core values are integrity and excellence. You know, kind of pursuing pursuing. pursuing mastery in what I do, um, community connection, you know, making a difference. These are all really important. Then there's some other values that are important to me, but they're not what I would call deal breakers. I think Dr. Phil said, those are deal breakers. And so, we have this long list. What is something that perhaps you've done and maybe you've seen your clients do really well to help them really narrow down on some of those top core values? Because often, if they're not there um, and doesn't obviously align and support our vision and our mission, statements, that is when we really can feel demotivated and and not being able to show up as their best. How can people start to delineate that and really come up with those core values?
1: Well, there's two suggestions that I would have. Uh, In the work that I do, I actually uh, use a tiny piece of the work of Peter Senge. He wrote a book called The Fifth Discipline, and he has a fifth discipline field book. And in that, there's an exercise where there are 60 core values. What I would have is my clients at the very early stages of our work together, I would have them narrow that list of 60 to 20, and then narrow that list of 20 to 10, and then narrow that list of 10 to 3. And through dialogue and discussions, we really find out which ones am I going to trade off? Which ones are a deal breaker? Got to have it, and which ones are, yeah, that would be nice to have, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then this idea is we need to road test them. We need to find out how much of our behavior is actually demonstrated day to day through our actions in our professional and personal communities. And sometimes you can also interview people who are very close to them, you know, families, friends, close colleagues as well, to see how they show up, you know, day in and day out, especially when uh, the going gets tough sometimes. So for the most part, once one's core values are really founded and grounded, I use an exercise, it's called the juicing exercise. So if you can imagine you being an orange and I squeezed all the juice out of you and then took all the water out of the juice, I would then have concentrated Anne-Marie. We would then concentrate you, put you back the water, and then we would actually have a true life vision statement that would be contextually aligned with what makes you tick. And then when we look at that in the morning, that generates our behavior. And when we look at that at the end of the day, we get to say, how did I do? And hopefully we get another day tomorrow to give it another go and do our best then. But who we are and what we do is fundamental to that satisfaction we have. Do we leap out of bed with excitement and energy? You know, 27 years later, I still very, very much enjoy what I do. And I have no interest in any form of traditional retirement because it's very satisfying. Yeah, I want that for everybody. I want everybody to somehow find a way to leap out of bed and have that degree of alignment between their vision and values and what they do in a vocation.
0: Yes, I love that. We've had uh, uh, Marina de Leon. I hope that uh, that's how you pronounce your name. So, please list the books and resources if you don't mind. Thanks. Well, Barry is a prolific content creator. So, let me just give you his website right now, so you can go over and check out check it all out. Um, there there are some quotes. I've opened up um a, an ebook or a book that he's created, and so there's some incredible quotes which we'll we'll ask Barry to dive into but to go to barry's website i'll give it to you now is um let me get it on screen so i'll give you the right one is dempcoaching.com that is the best place to go and seek out all of the resources that uh, barry has but i love the in, in the book um the quotable quotes the quotable coach daily nuggets of practical actually i've got what's the name of the title because the hang on daily okay. nuggets practical wisdom. There's one that I found here, Barry, I'd love to to dive into a little deeper with you today, because I think it fits in beautifully with the situations that we're finding ourselves in. Let me just scroll down and find it again. And this is um, uh, the number 16, the tests of life are not meant to break you, but to make you, and uh, you've got Norman, Norman Vincent Heale, uh, American minister and author was someone that you quoted there. Let's talk about that because at the moment, I think many of us around the world are really being tested at the moment. So they're not meant to break us, but to make us. Share a little bit
1: more about this, please. You know, when, when we wake up in the morning, we've made it. We're actually successful. We made it to this point in time, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 or older. Now, my father, I am so honored that he's going to be 94 years old in August. Wow. But, you know, life is really a test, but you only get the lessons after you take the test, right? Yeah, Yeah. So every day to not expect to be tested is ridiculous because life is never going to go exactly as we want it. And if it does, that's an anomaly, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So even if we fail, even if we come short, even if we're disappointed, you know, one of the key things is, you know, what did I learn? So for me, learning something every day, many things a day is just fundamental for me to be happy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm the guy that watches national geographic and I'm interested in astronomy and science and, I read a lot. So it's like, well, I love that. So I'm boring. I'm a nerd, whatever it would be. But this idea of we're taking a test every day. We might be testing our patience. We might be testing our courage. We might be testing uh, our leadership and so on. So the idea is like, oh, what's happening in my world? So being (laughs) self-aware, noticing how we're responding, how we're acting. Are we fearful? What's going on? And then what is there for us to do based upon that? And then we do something and the world's going to give us feedback. It's going to say that worked. You should do that more or that didn't work. You should try something else. That's why one of my favorite quotes is when patterns are broken, new worlds will emerge. Mm -hmm. Well, my clients want new worlds to emerge. And for them, they they need to be prepared to break some patterns, do things differently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this idea of, yeah, it's a test. And we only get the lessons after we take the test instead of we can study for it ahead of time. Doesn't work that way.
0: And uh, we've got Craig here. For those people who are listening to the audio, you need to come on and uh, join the lives. It's it's uh, a great job to be able to share. And of course, Craig, thank you for your comment. He's Saying that's spot on. So uh, uh, great that you that you are here, uh, being able to to benefit from today. I love the the next quote that you've listed in uh, the quotable coach here, Barry, and it fits beautifully. You know, number sixteen, we talked about the test of life and not meant to break you, but to make you. And then uh, number seventeen, the Edward Roosevelt, 26th American president, says, do what you can with what you have where you are. Wow. Speak some more about this one.
1: You know, that that old phrase, uh, you know, someday is not a day of the week. You know, I will be successful someday. So this idea, you may have heard the phrase be and do and have. Well, people want to have all kinds of things. But coming from a place of our own authenticity and genuineness so to speak and we are where we are and this idea of really being present and and that can simply be a conversation with your spouse or your child or a colleague you know what's going on right now and what can i do now to forward that and contribute to that and create value here because i'm not going to create it anywhere else besides here so now, there was once a, a little comic where there was a dog that was just sitting with a thought bubble above its head, and the thought bubble just said, now, 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 now. Mm-hmm. So dogs, when they're hungry, they're hungry, and dogs, when they want to go for a walk, go want to go for a walk. So this idea, like, why can't we as, as people always do that? Too much of our time is reflecting on the past with regret too much of our time is pining about the possible future with trepidation or fear or anticipation, but we're only present in the now now. So that idea like, all right, you know, what can I do to forward this? So with that in mind, how can I bring my best self to this situation in some form of contribution?
0: Brilliant. Love that. Uh, And thanks, uh, Craig. Um, He said here, yes, Barry, what we do, uh, what do we do with what we've learned? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, Something that when when we're talking about, you know, how to produce extraordinary results beyond what's predictable in both personal and professionalised, I think everything that you've spoken so far adds to that uh, as well. But one of the um, quotes here that you've mentioned in your book, and it's number 23, I think this one. Can really keep us stuck. Even if we have the best of intentions, we're chain, you know, breaking through those patterns, Barry. But here's what number 23 says it says, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that, but the really great make you feel that you too can become great. And of course, you you quote here Mark Twain, American author and humorist. I think as we start to break patterns and we start to, you know there's almost like this, inner, you know, confidence that comes. People will start to notice that. And some of those people, as you've referenced in number 23, the smaller people that, who don't really recognize that can keep us stuck. So share some insights to help us here, please.
1: Well, let, let's use a, a little bit of an exercise. Now, you are transmitting around the world on uh, this platform. So I'd like to consider that our vision and our values, our personality, our beliefs are just like transmitters. We get to put ourselves out there into the world and share who we are and what we're all about and those intentions. Now, if we're a transmitter, other people are potentially a receiver. So if they tune in and can tune in to us, then we're gonna resonate on the same frequency and our signal will get through. Now, let's flip that around. Other people are transmitters too, but what if they're putting off a bad vibe? What if they're liars or cheaters or steal or unethical or whatever else might be putting out? Our tuners will not pick that up. And those people literally should not be in our lives. And hopefully we have the courage to simply say, you know, that doesn't serve me. I'm not meant to be with you. You're not meant to be with me. And if we start aligning ourselves with people that have the same kind of frequency, the same kind of energy, the same kind of mojo the same kind of intentions and contribution and so on. And as we up our game, we're going to attract other people who are upping their game as well. So when we uh, get rid of things that we're tolerating, things that suck the life out of us, one of those in particular can be actually toxic people. Mm. And to realize whether that's through social media or the news or television or the books we read, you know, who serves us, who supports us on that same frequency, so to speak. So I like that idea of putting it out there and see who actually picks up the signal and we get to listen really, really carefully. So that's why I think you and I, you know, we're on the same frequency, Marianne and Marie.
0: Oh look, absolutely. I I love, you know, you're you're you've challenged me, pick my favorites, but as I'm going all through these, they're all brilliant. They're all brilliant, Barry. And we'll certainly share how people can get access to the quotable coach. And uh, I love that you've created, you know, daily, daily nuggets, and it certainly can can support us. Something else that I've seen, number 26, and I'm going to share what that is, I think this can really stop us from producing extraordinary results, you know, beyond what um, we thought was even possible. Both personally and professionally, is this uh, when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. Uh, Leo Tzu, Chinese philosopher. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. But how how right is that? You know, when I when we let go of what we are or who we think we are, and you know, the internal critic and everything, we might become, you know, what we might might be. Speak a bit more about this, Barry, because I think we can all relate to this.
1: Well, I'm going to kind of shift over into a a little bit of a different best practice, okay? So uh, years ago, I learned from another professional development expert that there are four magic words, and I'll share them with you and your listeners. The words are more and less and start and stop. So when we think of what we want more of in our life or to have more in life or do more in our life, we can identify that and actually start infusing that into our day. But when we look at less, what would we like less of or to do less of that, you know, takes away our, our energy, our vitality? What would we start to do? Most of us are pretty darn busy. And that's why that last word is so important. Could I actually stop something, delete that, to make room for the new person that I'm becoming? So in the last four years, I've started meditating and doing all kinds of other new and different things. So the whole nature of coaching is to iterate, to try new things and to keep some of them and to look at the things that we currently do, including our habits that may not always serve us. We can replace an old habit that doesn't serve us. It might be a nutritional habit, an exercise habit, a sleeping habit or a lack of listening habit or whatever we may do. But but let's take those words again. What is the more of your life or the less of your life or the start of your life? And what could I stop to make some room for that?
0: Mm. Yeah. Brilliant.
1: Brilliant. And we can do that daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, like a, a year in review, a month in review, a quarter in review, so to speak. And we can even ask people in our communities. What would they like us to stop? You know, where are we happy that we could actually start something new, like a new hobby, whatever that may be?
0: Yeah, I like the way that you've encouraged us to do that because I think, you know, if and and maybe just keeping that um, mindfulness around that because sometimes we can find ourselves getting into patterns which really don't serve us. And yet if we're able to take a step back and say, you know, what in this situation can I change? maybe even we need to continue to do something that worked really well and we don't know that unless we have awareness and acknowledgement of that so it's probably something that we always just have there is to to be able to check in to make sure that um, you know we're heading in the right direction because I know such as yourself Barry I love learning new things and I can go off and it's almost sometimes I think don't follow that little sliver of an idea because I can go off into a whole other um, you know realm of because things are interesting you know we you've got that curiosity.
1: Annemarie, years and years ago, uh, I read uh, an article in a a magazine called Fast Company. And it was life balance is bunk, B-U-N-K. And given that I was a coach, I kind of wanted to take exception to that idea. But got a copy of the magazine, read it carefully. And what I found was fascinating. And that what it said was life balance is bunk because we actually have to choose our imbalances. Mm. We have more of this because we want more of this. We have less of this because we want less of this, not eight hours of this, eight hours of this. Mm. So the key determinant there is, are you happy? Mm. I know people who work 12 hours a day and are happy. I know people who work six hours a day that are miserable. Oh. So this idea of choosing our imbalances is a unique perspective on what's a good life look like. Mm. If you love reading books, if you love, I don't know, taking walks, if you love, you know, basset hounds, mm. people do. It's like, Oh, okay, let's be happy. Yeah. As it's opposed true. to I have eight hours of this and eight hours of that, and I'm still miserable. So to big, mm. yeah. but I thought that was pretty provocative. It's bunk. It's,
0: yeah. And it changes, doesn't it? Season to season. I, I mean, that's um, different for all of us. And uh, and sometimes it's just giving ourselves permission. You know, if you want to go and hang out more with your, your, your you know, your hound dogs or best hounds, that's fine because it gives you joy. Choose more of that. You right. know, if it's family or whatever, out in nature, choose more of that. And I think once we get to a stage where we're able to do that, whatever lights, you know, your soul and spirit, then when, when we are at work or we've, we're focusing on something, you bring a whole different perspective to it, don't you? And, um, yeah.
1: So, Anne-Marie, there, there's a book that was written by a gentleman named Clay Christensen. He used to be a professor at Harvard. Mm. And I think it's one of the most provocative titles of a book I've ever heard. The book is called How Will You Measure Your Life? hmm And if that doesn't get an eyebrow or two raised. So we all know about extrinsic things, you know, cars and houses and money in the bank and stuff like that. But today with COVID and all these other things going on in the world with racism and global warming and all these other things, you know, how are we going to keep score? And when we look at the intrinsic aspects, you know, to what degree did I live my vision, my values, my beliefs? To what degree did I feel a life of purpose? Was it significant versus successful, so to speak? Mm -hmm. But that's worth contemplating. You know, how will we measure our life and how did I used to measure it when I was in my 20s and 30s? And, you know, how does my father at 93, 94 years old, how does he measure it? It may be, you know, I got to watch four episodes on Netflix or I got to listen to Frank Sinatra and Barbara Streisand on my uh, Google Home Mm -hmm device at home. Or I got to talk to my great grandbaby over video chat today. Yeah, you know, that was a good day. Or they didn't ruin my meal or whatever that I had at my assisted living. Okay. But I think from time to time, like you said, it changes.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. And, and you know, everything that we've been speaking about uh, today, I love the way that we've really focused on um e- you know, not looking at those external things as controlling us, because I've learned over the years, no matter what's going on, no one can control you and and your happiness, or even your pursuit of happiness. I mean, here in Melbourne, Australia, we have now gone into the second lockdown, and we now need to wear masks when we're out, because it's been shown that maybe that will stop the, you know, the the spread of the virus. And people are getting up in arms and saying, that's just control. Well, you know what, if I have to wear a mask. I'll wear a mask if it's going to protect someone else and and my, myself and my family. But that's not control because they don't get to control what's going on inside here. No one does unless we allow them to. I can still go out. I love going out in the country with my camera. I can't do that. But guess what? There are YouTube channels and people have gone out. One of my dreams is to photo- you know photograph eagles. And anytime we've gone out here, Barry, I reckon every eagle in, in our nation goes, Shh, She's out again. Let's hide. Um, So I've got colleagues and friends who live in Canada, beautiful Canada, and who've got beautiful pictures. I will go and watch those, you know. So there's always a way, but it starts within here, isn't it? And uh, no one can control that unless unless you uh, allow them to. So, uh, and we've had Craig here. Uh, I want to acknowledge Craig here. Great discussion. I've shared this to my connections. Well, I thank you and I'm sure Barry does too. And we have just scratched the surface. There is so much more uh, value. So, Barry, why don't you share with people how they can connect, what's the best way? We've already mentioned your website. So, if you'd like to, to repeat that for those people who may have only just uh, heard or, or come to across this uh, this live stream what's the best way to connect well, with you
1: the, the best way to connect with me is simply just go to barry at Dempcoaching.com. Uh, mm-hmm. you can also look me up on LinkedIn uh, I've been on that platform since 2003 just make sure you spell my name correctly uh, I am greatly honored for people to sign up for my blog so I have been writing a blog called The Quotable Coach that you've referenced so kindly uh, for nine years, five days a week. So if you go to thequotablecoach.com, you can sign up for absolutely free. And that website, if you go to a drop-down menu that says categories, you can have access to over 2,700 quotes, commentaries, and exercises you can read in all in under a minute and if you really 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 want it go to amazon and you can pick up the book called the quotable coach daily nuggets of practical wisdom and you get a whole year of coaching from myself from the early years so my coach that i worked with we took about three years of those and took the best ones and we have 365 in that book. So people would put that on their coffee table and even perhaps share that over a meal with their children or their spouse just to discuss some of these things a little deeply uh, you know, within their own communities.
0: Yeah. What I love about that and, and you know, the ones that we shared today, you know, you talked about uh, looking at various patterns and breaking them and pattern interrupt. And I think those quotes and and what you share on your website is a great way to do that. It halts some of our thinking, doesn't it? When we read something, we think, how can I apply that uh, to my life? And so, thank you so much for coming on the show today, and and uh, yeah, inspiring us with uh, your insights that you shared. And uh, really appreciate you you doing that. So, thanks once again for coming on the show.
1: It's a great pleasure, and uh, uh, anytime. I really enjoyed our chat to get to know one another, and you're doing just extraordinary work uh, putting my voice and the voice of other leaders in their fields uh, to in service of other people. So thank you very much.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Industry Thought Leader podcast brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to stand out, be heard and become an influential voice in your industry? access our free five-day money marketing and mindset boost masterclass go to www.industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass that's industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass